This, 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 this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Hello, and welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. It's so great to be back in your KUT studios. Well, welcome back to KUT land. We are on the (laughs) UT Austin campus home of lots of great young thinkers, young minds, young scholars. And I've been thinking a lot about young people and how they think and how they act. You know, some of that spurred by the tragic shootings at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, earlier this year. What struck me about that in the aftermath of that was how galvanized the students were and how they took action and how clear and strong they've been in stating their beliefs. And what that got me thinking is how students and young people are regarded as thinkers. I mean, I I guess I want to put a hypothesis out there and I want to hear your response to it. My assumption is that more often than not, society doesn't give as much credence or weight to the thinking and opinions of young people. Is that is that true in your experience in assessment? What do you think about that? I think that there's true there's some truth to that bias. Uh, it's interesting, just as a random confluence of trivia. Uh, I'm going through on Netflix West Wing for like the millionth time, and I just watched an episode where these young people were in the White House and were talking about how they should have the right to vote and that there shouldn't be an, an age for voting. And it was, of course, very thought-provoking, and I think it really plays into what you're suggesting here. How do older individuals see the ideas of younger individuals? And I don't believe in any type of bias, including age bias, meaning that all ideas should be fair game, independent of where they come from, and then they need to be assessed and processed and analyzed and considered uh, as appropriate. Uh, but just because someone is a young person or someone uh, lives in the country and not the city or whatever, any kind of bias you can imagine, that is not a reason to take their thinking and their ideas um, seriously, or at least uh, considered. Yeah, I think the assumption is that simply because a young person has been around for less time and it had fewer life experiences or perhaps spent less time in school that because of those things, they're just not going to bring the, um, I guess, intellectual heft or gravitas, if you will, to whatever the topic is at hand. Well, there are some facts. There are some realities out there. First of all, you're right. If you're younger, you have less life experience. Uh, Maybe also you you haven't uh, become comfortable in your own skin or figure out exactly even who you are. Also, physiologically, 
uh, science has now shown us that even brain development doesn't uh, com- fully happen. In my case, it hasn't happened yet, and I'm really old. But but for most people, it doesn't happen until they're in their 30s. So I mean, and it's the synaptic tissue that that starts and grows in the in the back, kind of behind the neck, and then slowly comes up to the top of the head, and then finally to the frontal lobe, which is kind of our CPU. So so our brains aren't even fully connected until we're a little bit older. So so those are all facts. But the truth is. Even with those as facts, people come up with interesting ideas. People come up with thought-provoking uh, notions, and and we shouldn't dismiss them out of hand just because they don't have life experience or they haven't found themselves or you know maybe physiologically they're still developing. Uh, that's not a good reason to not listen to voices. Well, and actually, you can also completely flip that model and say young people have not been jaded. You know, they haven't had as many defeats in life. Perhaps they haven't had as many experiences that might shade or color or otherwise impact. The prejudice that older people have. A lot of that stuff hasn't developed. And you can make the argument that actually they're bringing fresher and perhaps more dynamic thinking to a situation. Oh, I, I completely agree. And especially at a very young age where, in fact, it's all joy. You know, when we're really, really young, our lives are full of joy. And then only later is that joy slowly, you know, sucked away, you know, over time. I I think that when I engage with students uh, at all levels, some of the most interesting and thought-provoking ideas, even within education itself, have come from student ideas. I solicit them and I use them at all grade levels. And I'll share with you that, in fact, I developed a course a few years back uh, that was called Exploring creativity. And there, the entire course was student-driven, meaning a student applied, they had to get into the class, but once they got in, they designed the curriculum and they taught it to each other. So I literally handed the entire course over to the students and let their creativity take over. And I think that it's important that we just don't think that the, the faculty know everything and the students know nothing, but it really should be a shared relationship uh, where we learn from each other and we struggle together. Yeah, that seems like something that that teachers and faculty would really have to keep in mind because probably the sort of default position and a lot of that would be sort of conditioning from society, not necessarily intentional on the part of a teacher is that, yeah, I'm older, I know more, I've studied this, you haven't. So you guys sit and listen, and I'm just going to kind of tell you what it is. That's right, just vomiting out a lecture to a person. And of course, a much more effective way is through inquiry and active learning, which is something that you know we do at Southwestern. But uh, it's shown that, in fact, uh, people learn in a deeper way and they they make meaning of those ideas and they hold on to it because all of a sudden it's meaningful rather than rote memorization and mindlessly mimicking what the teacher says. All right. That's a very evocative verb, vomit. So I'm going to ask you to please vomit forward. <laughs> It's time for a new puzzler. I see. You want me to vomit a please, puzzler out for you? Please vomit a new puzzler <laughs> you know, I for thought us, I, Ed. Can I just say one before we get to that? Because, you know, there's no script to this thing. Now, maybe there should be. But I just thought I would say that to, to make a statement. And I thought it would just kind of linger and then move on. But you, I think you've said that word now eight times. So I just want to say for the record, I've said it once or uh-huh. twice. And you've it's said like it. when, the, when the judge says, jury, please disregard that previous yes. fact. And listeners, that's all you think about Listeners, now. please disregard that. Okay. Actually, uh, this is a little strange this week. Okay. So uh, I read something recently that I did not know. Okay. Oh, great. We love that. And so, and so I thought I would turn it into a, a kind of a puzzle to Ooh. see if you can figure this out okay. because I did not know this. So this is something that was new to me. Okay. Okay. So, so here it is. So as you know, when you go into a store and you buy something, you know, it, it will be like, uh, 
$9.99 or $99.95 mm-hmm. or, you know, those kind of things, right? Instead of $10 or instead of $100. I had always assumed, being a math guy, that was there because it made it seem cheaper. Yes. You know, $9.99 yeah. sounds a heck of a lot cheaper than $10. And it turns out that is not where that came from. That's not the genesis of why, in fact, there are things that were $0.99 cents or nine ninety nine or, you know, whatever, really? $99.95. And so my question to you and to our listeners is, can you figure out historically why we had things that sold for $9.99 or $99.95? I ra- love this one. Rather than, you know, the round do- $10 or, nice or $100. This is great. And, and it was I, really cool, by the way. I think yeah, this is fun. This is fun. And yeah. I what I did was, as, so I jotted down two ideas right Ooh. off the top of my head. All right. So now I'm going to go off and reflect on it. But I, 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 a couple of things popped into my head. Okay. So I'm going to... So you, you don't want to share them because you don't want to ruin it with... No. And, okay. and also, I may decide by next week that, I, <laughs> that I, I'm going to ditch those. But <laughs> I'm going to work through it Effective and kind of failure. see. But I'm gonna, Effective I failure. I may effectively fail. We, we will see what happens. Anyway, I did not know this. And I found it very interesting. So I thought I'd share it with all of us. I love that. That is very interesting. It's sort of a homemade puzzler. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I love that. Um, And no cheating. I don't want any of our listeners. Yeah, don't go Google this. Yeah, because I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's that's not fair. That is that is not. And our listeners do not do that. As we wrap up this episode, I do want to kind of return to our idea of how we regard the thinking and action and activities of, of younger scholars, younger students. And I'm wondering, Ed, you know, your your experience as president of Southwestern University, also as a longtime teacher and scholar, you've spent so much time with with students and, and young scholars. What could society do as a whole, sort of inside academia, but really outside academia, what can we do to better support younger scholars and thinkers and to help sort of turn around this idea that, you know, young people's thinking doesn't have as much um, oomph behind it or as much solid thinking behind it. Well, I, I think this is a very special case of a much more general issue that that society needs to embrace, which is uh, how we can be more open-minded about everything. And, and if you're talking about, in some sense, age discrimination in a way, I think that that com- comes under that category, and we need to be open to not to the ideas that are expressed, and not uh, have that eclipse by where that idea originated. There are very creative and very wise and very imaginative individuals of all ages. In fact, I would argue that formal education, at least historically and traditionally, in some sense, sucks the uh, imagination and creative juices out of individuals rather than uh, enforcing them. So one thing we could do is to create an educational, formal educational template where, in fact, as we get older, we become more creative, which has, of course, been our theme for four years together. But beyond that, I think that we should not bias ourselves when we hear an idea, when we are presented with something that's new, an idea or otherwise, with something that's new, we need to assess it based on our own template of that thing, independent of where that thing came from. Well, you know, you said age discrimination. That really is what's at play here. And I should say it's at play at both ends of the spectrum. So I think society also tends to regard seniors and people who have aged, you know, into 70s, 80s and beyond as I think we tend to get a little dismissive of them or their thinking or think that they've stopped contributing 
ideas and thoughts to the world when when that's not true at all. Uh, you know, can I throw in one last thing? Of course. Uh, because you, that comment got me thinking. You know, one of the things I do when I teach is um, I will often ask my students at the end of a class, given what we just talked about, the, you know, math class, let's say, given what we just talked about, what do you think we will be talking about in our next class? And it's so interesting to see how their minds logically take them to a place where they're thinking. And so often the instructor really is going to the next topic without realizing that the students are kind of curious about this thing. So engaging with with young people and engaging with students in particular, I mean, in my context of education, uh, getting their input often leads to a richer formal educational experience. Well, thanks, Ed, for helping us stay curious. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And a reminder, if you have an idea for a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a higher ed, you can email it to me, jstaton, that's J-S-T-A-Y-T-O-N, at K-U-T dot org. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at K-U-T dot org. You can also find us on iTunes. I'm Jennifer Staten, K-U-T News. <laughs>